You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Wow. I, uh, episode 394 of the new YouTube YouTube, the new YouTube the, of the new Utah, Utah. podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, mid December, my peeps. It's I can't fucking Christmas is like Christmas two weeks is away. Less than two weeks. It's thirteen days I from to the day we're, we're, that we're recording. And we had our ugly sweater party this last weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to start though. Um, we'll tell you about it at the end as well. But it was we, amazing. as a reminder, we uh, thanks for not putting that in the show notes because I, I forgot. I'm busy. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, we, uh, launched Patreon last week. We talked about it on last week's episode. If you missed that episode and you want to hear all about it, you can go there or you can just go to patreon.com forward slash TNUP, uh, which is how we are on most of our social media is at TNU podcast. It's TNUP, uh, patreon.com slash TNUP. We have a member. We got our first member. We have a member. So, um, that might be the only one we get at the uh, $1 a month level, but, uh, we'll I'll take, take it. it. I'll take anything. One dollar a month. That's is, twelve bucks. That's one dollar less a month they pay for hosting. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, thank you. In fact, I think they should get honorary They'll status get, for we uh, give them a shout out. Hold on, let me. I'll go tell you who it is. I got to go find it again. While you're doing that, I'm going to sneak this in. Um, no, don't do it. I, that needs its own <gasps> okay, time. Okay, it's never mind. I'm not going to sneak this in. I'm I'm going to. You be just quiet. you're going to wait because that needs its own freaking time. No sneakage. Okay. Um, okay, so let's see. Community, where's the member list? While you are looking that up, um, Julie and I have got our ideas for chicken pictures. We're going to set up a little backdrop and then take a picture of each chicken, and then she's going to find like an ugly high school backdrop, or well, more like grade school backdrop, like the lasers and like stuff. The kind, like the one she did for Chris. For Chris, yeah. So we're going to do some sort of a like crappy school picture backdrop for each chicken. Okay. It should be fun. So uh, let me start by asking, do what you... What does Heather think of this? She thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's great if anyone wants to buy a naming rights to a chicken. Um, okay, so maybe you guys know who this is, Tasha Thornton? I don't. Uh, not a hand. Okay, well, that's Thanks, not a... Tasha. Tasha, we love you. You are our first member, uh, and I appreciate the membership, Tasha. Um, maybe it was on accident. I don't know who you are, but... Uh, <laughs> She's trying to get her money back right now. accident. What if not, heck? it's a dollar. Thank you for the dollar, or the $12 annually. Uh, you, too, could be a donator to our Patreon <laughs> cause. <laughs> we'll probably hammer the Patreon for a little while, and then we'll just throw, you know, quick you know, in our intro and outro that you can join the Patreon to support us. We don't do anything else to support ourselves other than, you know, work Actually our normal work. jobs and this is our hobby. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you. Also, we got a thank you. We did get a thank you. So, um, we, I thought maybe it was a Christmas card, um, but packed bags. Oh, our good friends at packed said pre pre. I don't even know my own name. Bree, Julia, Chris, and Jeremy, we had such a blast on your show. Thanks for having us. Happiest holidays. Hope you're all heading somewhere fun, probably together in the new year. Love, Lauren and Marianne. Those guys are awesome. You should go back and listen. To are we going to try and ship something from Ireland for them? 
You should. I mean, we or could. Or from the UK. You should talk to them. Maybe the UK. Well, they offer. Well, because they, they, we talked about it with them. Um, but I don't know they if they've here. done foreign stuff yet. Again, we talked about it with them when they were here. Mm-hmm. They asked specifically if we would test for them. I didn't remember that. Yeah. So we so, should reach, you should reach out to them, um, closer to when we go on our ship something I, you don't really care about. I feel like the UK maybe. Yeah, that's what I just said. I know you said Ireland or UK, but I mean like, but I mean, I mean, sorry, like London is what I'm thinking. Sorry. I didn't change my word. I'm thinking London just because like that's probably going to be an easier place for us to figure it out. We won't have to try and take something off of the ship and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that was the, the idea is let's <laughs> ship it from London. So that yeah, we, well, you said Ireland first. Don't act like you And then I said the UK. <laughs> but yeah, that's the idea is ship something from there when we have some time because we have a couple days in London. Um, but yeah, maybe like a month or two out. Yeah. I'll uh, reach out to them and, and see if that's something they're ready for and they want to try or not. Cause, uh, well, then we're going to, we're going to the Bahamas. We could, I don't know if they've done anything from there, but we they haven't done anything in out of the United States. I, I'd, I'd ship some of my dirty underwear back for him. Well, I have the bags, and I don't want your dirty underwear coming to my house. That would be so. a good thing to ship from yours, is <laughs> your dirty underwear. So it's not in your bag. It just goes through the postal service. They're used no. to seeing panties nowadays. Also, by the way, if you want to buy a pair of Breeze Dirty Panties, no, $250. I don't give a shit if she says no. You Venmo me $250, I'll get you a pair of dirty panties. <laughs> That is so not happening. What the fuck do you care? You just don't wear that pair of panties ever again. You get a new pair. You get a bunch of new pairs for $250. How about feet pics? Yeah, I'll no. sell those too. I'll take pictures of my wife's feet. I don't care what she says. Again, she doesn't have to consent. I'll just take pictures of the feet. The you- panties, I'm, I'm the one that does the laundry. I get all the dirty panties in my hands, so... I'll do my feet for 250 bucks. I don't think anybody wants to see that, but you don't I know. I don't know, man. Tasha gave us a dollar a month just to like be a member, so... And listen to what we're talking about. She may be regretting her. Yeah, she might be actually asking for a <laughs> refund now. Sorry, Tasha. Uh, I, I want a refund. <laughs> she hasn't joined the Discord server yet, so we'll see. So we're going to try. It's seven and a half years into the show. We're going to try and build a community and some supporters now. I mean, I feel I feel that we've given it a long free ride of seven and a half years. Yeah. I mean, it's still free. It is still free. We're going to continue to make it for free because we like it. So, uh, I'm looking over into the corner, and rather than the big giant monstrosity oh, that yeah. used to be there, Thank so God. yeah, let's talk about the sweater. This party. is the first time we've ever owned the that white trophy. elephant. Well, okay, so to be fair, the white elephant trophy was made by Jeremy, so he would win a trophy no, every year. I made that trophy, so Jeremy would win a trophy every year. <laughs> And then last year, I mean, he said it last week. I actually think he might have added to it because I think I originally just had like the, the like the elephant and the base because it's literally like a white elephant, and then yeah. somebody else added the rest of it. But no, no, that's no, that's all one trophy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's no, that's the original. And I'm not going to add to that trophy either. No. It's going to stay. No, as that is. one just stays. So um, Jeremy every year wins the 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 white elephant trophy for the. It's okay. Really, it's the most fucked up white elephant because there's always someone. There's always one person or couple, rather, because it's mostly couples that come to our party. But there's always one person that brings something that's not in line with the rest of our gifts. That, like it's so disappointing. That doesn't get it. Well, they get it. They just are they lazy. Just don't get it. No, they're just lazy. <laughs> they get it. They they're just like, don't get it. We're bringing a really nice gift that everyone's gonna want to trade. Which 
It did get traded, but it wasn't like the 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 be all and all. It got traded because it was booze. Yeah. Well, it feels like like if you ever you watch uh, you watch The Office where Michael Scott's like they have a they have a, a a white elephant gift exchange or a secret Santa or something, and he brings an iPod. Oh yeah, it's a secret Santa, and he brings an iPod, and he's like, no, it's a white elephant now. So everybody had bought like got these like really personal gifts for people, and he gets an iPod and like. Which is way outside the price range of what you're supposed to do right. for the Secret Santa, and everyone wants the iPod, and he's like, I don't know why everyone's mad that I did this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Anywho, we, we got that, and, and we uh, lost the other one because we didn't try for it. <laughs> yeah, well, so the the White Elephant, um, the depravity is the name of the game. This year, we uh, introduced a wig that we found, like a, really like a toupee, not so well, much a normal I, wig. We should we should back up a little bit. So last year, Jeremy did not win the white elephant no, because to- of the we, the couple that brought the we, hamster, which we talked hamster. about last yep. week on the show. So yeah. So to, like I was saying last week, to a, to a degree for me, that kind of took the pressure off. Not that there's any pressure. This is all for fun. But I spend the whole year trying to find the most yeah. outrageous. And sometimes you create your own, with, with, which so, is a box full of teeth that you find. Well, yes, I found all of the pieces separately and put them together. Yeah. But yeah. The, anyway, so this year, I I thought our 1950s hedge clipper was still kind of cool. It was I cool. It was awesome. Yeah. It got. Traded. It, uh-huh. I don't know if it got frozen, but I know it at least got mm. traded once. Did it get traded once? And then our creepy marionettes. Yeah, the marionettes. I don't think they're that creepy personally. I so, don't like them. so, but because I wasn't feeling the pressure, because I, I, we find I finally lost after thirteen years. Yeah, and well, they're still decent gifts, but your cologne so, was hilarious. Yeah, so we found we found. The old school, like nineteen eighties Avon, Avon bottle, like shaped like a car cologne. Man, that thing got passed around. I think the thing with all of us is it, it smells like all of our grandfathers. It is post World War. Didn't Wars, smell like my grandpa. Post World War like your dad in a bottle. Oh, that's true. Didn't smell <laughs> like my dad either. But it, it, it's exactly what you would think of. Like it was the crappy, old. but nostalgic. Like yeah. everybody, all the at least all the guys were like, "Holy crap!" And it's well, still not even full. the women were just like. It takes me back to because so, my. My aunt did Avon, maybe she still does, I don't know, for years and years and years and years. So that's what she would get my grandpa, me, like as a, as a kid, was all that Avon kind of stuff. So I remember that stuff. And my grandpa wore it, I think, more just to be nice. Cause she, but so, yeah, when, you, when we pop that open, it's like it just popped like yeah, a flood of memories. I don't wear smelly stuff at all. So I put on deodorant. That's about and my. I guess my beard oil. Your beard oil is, is but you don't out, smell that unless you're me because I nuzzle my nose to it. That's true. Or my cat. My yeah. Cat he snuggles with the cat, and then I snuggle with the cat, and then I can smell Chris on the cat. I will say, though, your John Wayne paper dolls, those that were was freaking awesome. awesome. That was a good find, for sure. Those were awesome. Um. So, anyway. So, the wig and the paper dolls were mine, and the cologne and the wagon thing were Chris's. So Tori wins the ugly sweater contest. So she gets to plan the party next I've year. I've actually thought about doing a sweater like that for a long time. She did a good job. Heather did one similar a couple years ago where it was a tree and you had to put your hands yeah, up to yeah. make the whole tree. Yeah, and it is. We were talking about it before we started the show. It's become more of a creative sweater sort of competition. Sometimes we, like, whoever does something the naughtiest, so like, the year that John and Jody won was the year where she was like, uh, kiss, it said like, she, it didn't say anything, but she, she had, had a belt mistletoe. on with mistletoe hanging from it. You know, cause she kissed under the mistletoe and everybody thought that was pretty yeah. great. So, I, but I, that's in part because 
you can't find true ugly sweaters right. anymore because it's it was so when we first started this what twelve years ago thirteen or something, thirteen some, like a long time ago yeah. I don't know we can't look at the sign anymore uh, when we first started this years and years ago um the it was still possible like we would go look in like September early October. And at the thrift stores, you could find people's ugly sweaters, like, like the legit? old, legit, like 1970s the very first and 80s ugly sweaters. sweater that I bought. I actually just went to Kmart, and they were just for sale, yeah. like not ironically. Also Kmart, so yeah, Kmart, which doesn't exist. Anymore. But but like that's like, and that's true. Like the the grandma would buy Christmas sweaters for people, and they were just or for herself. Hideous. Yep. But now the ugly sweater thing has become popular and commercialized. And so now in Walmart, you see like four racks of kitschy, ugly sweaters, like, but pre-made specifically to be an ugly sweater. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can't find a true, honest, ugly sweater anymore. So it is a lot easier to phone it in now, to be fair. Um, Sean found a great one. (laughs) It was like all Christmassy and it had Joe Biden and it said, happy fourth of Easter. Yep. Well, in ours, we kind of cashed it in on ours a little bit, but it matched our whole theme. So we did this charcuterie theme, and we had um, Christmas vacation. So I, Heather had the Why is the Floor All Wet Todd? With like an icicle necklace. And then I had the I Don't Know Margo with the with the squirrel on my shoulder. Uh, and then our, our, I don't know if anybody noticed, but our wrapping paper for our gifts was Christmas vacation wrapping paper. Uh, so we kind of thought, we kind of took the whole thing as, you know what, let's just make it our whole theme. Yeah, and, so, and the themes. If you guys want to go look at our Instagram, you can see some of the some of the food. You can see the really good. Uh, uh, we we posted a video. Yeah, on, that, that, that's uh, what I just said. If yeah, you go to our Instagram, a little walkthrough video. I, I you can see all the different themed movie themed charcuterie boards that we did because that was, you know, whoever whoever plans the party gets to choose what we're going to do for food yeah, and entertainment or, and where it happens yeah. or where we go if we go to dinner if we yeah. stay somewhere. Yeah. So it always has to end up somewhere else. Like it can't. Just stay yeah, because we can't we can't do the well. We started thing. at six. This is actually one of the later ones that we've had in recent years because people didn't get out of here till after eleven. Yeah, it was fun. God, I was really happy. It was how fucking it turned old out. after eleven. It's late. You remember the remember some of those first ones? It was like two in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Also, no one warned Mike and about you still. Me? <laughs> yeah, you must have made her a drink at some point. Did you? I didn't make her anything. Oh, because remember she yelled at you. Did she? Mm-hmm. When I, I when she she had to get up and take a drink. Oh, maybe she yelled at him because uh, he took her present. Um, oh, I took I her know. gift. Yeah. yeah. No, she yelled at me because so she got the the booze. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so it go it went by age. So I was about the fourth person, and so I took her booze, and so that's why she yelled because she got. I think yeah. I think you were further you're, down. You're the much further down time. than four, buddy. No, it's not much. He's, he's number four on the list of people that turn fifty this year. Oh yeah, I'm four. four. Um, <laughs> so I, I was probably so five. So normally, without without Mikan, it goes Benita, Sean, Jack, Josh, oh, Jack, Heather. Jack. You're, yeah, he's six. Okay, he's yeah. seven with Mikan though. But because we threw Mikan in in the beginning, and she's also older than him. Definitely not. He's three seven. Or four. Yeah, not, Mike and, not yeah, not. So when it's our kind of our more compact crew group, I'm usually yeah, but but, but yeah, Jack never anyway. again. Never when it's again. our compact group, I get to be on the young side. Yeah. When it's not, I'm on the old side. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. I, yeah, it was a good party. Good, good job, guys, with with that charcuterie theme. I think that was a really good uh, idea. Everyone should. I be think everybody did a Christmas party. A really good job, you guys. I loved the Jello. 
And I didn't mean to melt it. Which we're making it and Heather's like, you don't know if he's going to eat it. I'm like, I know, but how can we not do that? So we found this cereal at Winco in the bulk. Like Lucky Charm style. But but it was like little trite, just like cat cat food. food. So we're like, how can we not? I mean, Jell-O's, what, 30 cents a box? It's like, no one's going to eat it, but how can we not? I felt so bad, though, because she needed to like warm up the edge and our water gets really hot. So I like, just in the time it took me to fill up the bowl. It had gotten really, really hot, and she just set it in there and didn't fill it. And then she, she's like, one second it was fine, and the next, it, it, it was literally liquefied. liquefied. It, it had unjelloed. We had to put it in the freezer to jello it again. So I'm just saying, you should be jealous of us. Uh, and our our friend group is a pretty damn good friend group. It is. We uh, we definitely go all out on these parties. So. Yep. I uh, agree. A few events to be aware of. Uh, there is the release party for the hard cider that Green Herb and Lunchbox and Mountain West Cider so, do together. With, this is what we talked about. This is the first of the season. People who have trees or no, because they're going to do it again next year. If you've got that one tree on the on the block that nobody touches, it's full of apples and nobody cares about, you let them know they'll not, come out. Not just apples. Well, anything. 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 They'll, they'll come out. They'll weed it. They'll prune it. They'll take care of it all year. And then at the end of the season, they harvest and it. Not just trees, guys. Like if you have people that, that want help gardening mm-hmm. their space, um, you know, older people that like to garden but maybe don't have the energy to do it all. Yep. Green Urban Lunchbox will find people to help, uh, and they will, you know, help you harvest, and they'll take whatever you're not going to eat, basically. Yep. We should we should tell the Levex about them with their blackberry bushes. Oh yeah, yeah. So so anyway, we talked about it the first of the season, and we talked about it about two three weeks ago. Well, no, maybe about a month ago, because they were looking for volunteers mm-hmm. to harvest. So now that they're done, every year at the end of the season, with it was like two to three months ago. Let's go. It's yeah, December. It's December. With the. <laughs> It, it's it's podcast type. Well, so it, we talked to him about a month ago in, in November to harvest the fall stuff that's already off the trees. See, here's podcast time. <laughs> Last week was yesterday in podcast time. Two weeks ago was two days uh-huh, ago. Uh huh. Because and it, high school was like just a week ago for you. Thirty years ago was the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Much. That's that's the thing. Like, <laughs> so anyway, they, at the end of the season, they always get together with Mountain West Cider, and Mountain West Cider does a special run just for them with all of these harvest apples that they get from this project. Uh, the proceeds are typically broken up to help people out, to help with the next season, to help with supplies. So anyway, that release party is December twentieth. Yeah, it's a big fundraiser for them, and we've gotten a couple times we've gotten. Their cider. Their cider's good. So good. It's a really good cider. And every year it's a, it's a little different because the mix of apples is not the same, but mm-hmm. it's always been so good. So, yeah. so yes, that's December 20th is the launch party. And then they're typically for sale for a couple of weeks or until product runs Pro- out. Yeah, it, it might not even last a couple of weeks. Yeah, so. who knows? Uh, go up and get it right away, basically. Great Christmas gift um, or great Christmas cider drinking, honestly. So good. Uh, the Ice Castles is going to open as well. Um, same time frame. The 21st of December is their targeted time. They go all the way through February. It really depends on how cold it is. Yeah. So if we have a winter like last year, they're going to be open for a long time. But there have been years where they've closed three weeks into January because it just wasn't cold enough I up there. I want to say three or four years ago, they didn't even open. There was one year that didn't yeah. even happen. So it has to be below freezing basically all day up by Soldier Hollow because that's where it's at. Um, it's really cool. We went there last we went year. There last year, listen to the episode. It was a lot of fun. But what they do is they've got these sprayers all over. Well, the I guess place. technically it was the beginning of this year because it was in January. Oh, yeah, they have these misting machines that turn on at night, 
And so the, the ice grows every single night by so much. Yeah. And they certainly, they certainly, you know, guide, guide the ice and they have like drip machines that are constantly running to keep the ice frozen. And they have a handful of artists on hand that are, that, Carve it as it goes, shape it as yeah, it goes. Yeah, and then inside, like every day, they have to go through and make sure it's safe, that there's not big stuff that's loose that could fall and injure someone. And there's lights in the ice. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, and definitely kid-friendly, like super kid-friendly. Um, but bring your snow gear. Yeah, it's cold. They have uh, food trucks, hot chocolate. It's not, just, it's not just that it's cold, it's also wet. Like, bring your snow gear. It's yeah. not just cold. Well, even us just going down that little slide, my butt was soaked just yeah. going down that little slide. So just plan on it, know it, but it is it is a lot of fun. It's one of those Utah things that I would I would tell anybody. It's really cool. Yeah, go do for it. sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think we can get to our guest. With us this wow wow I cannot talk as a mumble mouth. Uh, with us this week is uh, our Mariah and uh, Gordon Fralick. Um, the Mariah, you're the owner and uh, operator of Bell Book and Candle, correct? That's right. And I asked her about it because I watched a show called The Good Witch, and her store is named Bell Book and Candle. And I just found out that it's from a movie. That's right. It has a whole story behind it. Okay, well, we'll, we'll definitely get, get into that. Because okay. I saw that name and I was like, oh, I love that show. <laughs> but I, I think before then we need to first know, when were you born? So it's just that you only have to share the month and the day. I keep telling these guys they need to, to be... Oh, hell no. Clear. I'm proudly 49. All right, listen. You're our age. See, it's good. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You're in good company. Yeah. So, uh, five, five. Ooh, I'm 11-11. Yeah. Oh, so wow, good. Wow. And today is 12-12. I chose I know, this right? date for a real good reason. <laughs> it's a good day. So, so yeah. Bye some bye. summer loving for so, your parents. Mm-hmm. So middle of August, your parents mm-hmm. were on vacation. That's right. Anniversary. Was it their anniversary? Yeah. Something? No. No, it was not, not their, their anniversary. anniversary. No, their anniversary is the day after I was born. Oh, wow. So, it's a good There's thing they got married that day. Some <laughs> some, this is just straight up summer loving. Just then. some summer loving. Yeah. Nice. Have you ever asked? <laughs> About conception? Yeah, no, yeah. I only always hear the day I was born. What so, I mean, you, maybe for Christmas this year, if you're, are they still alive? Yes, they okay. are still alive. For Christmas, you could always ask them, hey, yeah. what were you doing this summer before I was married? Can you guys tell me the story of my conception? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> are you an only child? Do you have siblings? Oh, I'm the middle child of oh, five. Okay. Oh, so, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Dead in the middle or just one of those middle three? I am right in, in the, the middle, middle of... Wow. So, so they don't even know you. They yeah, barely they know, know you exist. Oh, well, right. Because I did keep all the family feelings intact and like moving along. So like it, I was doing my job and they just were like able to, you know, right. do their stuff. So if yeah. you say, what can you tell me about the summer before I was born? They're going to say, who are you? Right, right. <laughs> Why are you in our house? To be honest, we were probably, we probably had five minutes away from the other two kids and. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> With that many kids, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeremy would know. He's I got four eight siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eight siblings, four of your own kids. I have four kids. Yeah. We also have four kids. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so were you born here in Utah? No. No, I was born in Anaheim. Anaheim. Mm hmm. So yeah, Disney baby. Disney baby kind of lived all over the place and landed here about 32 years ago, and we've been married for 31 of those. So. Oh wow. wow! So what? So what brought you here? So you grew up then? In so Anaheim. I grew up. All, no, 
No, I no. didn't. Okay. I only lived in Anaheim till I was six months old. Then we moved to Oklahoma where I learned to speak the English language. Oh, and okay. so if anybody, it is, if anybody has a Southern drawl, even the slightest bit, I will just go right into I it. I was born and lived in Texas for seven years. And same thing. If I right. go around anyone, I, I just slip into it and I just start saying stuff in right. Southern drawl. It's just native tongue. I grew up in Iowa. <laughs> Excellent. So, so Midwest. There you go. As you get. Mm-hmm. So Oklahoma, Missouri, Pennsylvania to Utah. Wow, you were all over the place. All over the place then from Utah to Japan where I lived out my, like the end of my, uh, I guess middle teenage years. Military kid? Military. No. Wow. Entrepreneurial dad. Let's say that. We'll say that. He got a master's (laughs) degree in linguistics and that's what took us to Japan. Heck yeah. And I, I finished high school when I was 16 and came back here, left my family 10,000 miles away, came here 17, met this guy, got married when I was 18. We were just young little Mormon kids. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly. I do have to interject here because she did swear to everyone that she knew that she would never marry a blonde-headed, blue-eyed boy from California. Which is exactly what I did. Exactly. But you married him because you met him in Utah, right? I did. Oh, yeah. Right. I was undercover. Yeah. She couldn't. You had no idea you you were a California kid. No. (laughs) It was very cute. It's it's funny because speaking of, of, you know, your dad doing linguistics and going to Japan, a lot of times when people ask me, like, what should they study? What should they do? I'm like, pick up a second language and get an MBA and you become a super valuable person in terms of business. Like, just being able to communicate with someone from another culture and having a degree in business is massive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Gordon sent you here. When were you born? Uh, 821. So, you're a Christmas baby. I'm, uh, probably... Thanks, well, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Thanksgiving. But you're a holiday baby. Yeah, yeah. You guys are funny because I ask people <laughs> their birthdays because I want to know what is their zodiac sign, their sun sign. I'm more interested you guys are in like, like what when did was it, going down. Well, we're asking where you're from. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. are asking where you're from, so, where it all right, began. Right, right. It actually really helps when people who Don't give are, the are afraid sauce. to talk, right? Because <laughs> it, it kind of throws off what they're expecting because they're expecting these very serious questions, you know, and then it, it makes them think and then they kind of forget that they're nervous. But I've listened to your podcast. So you know it was coming. So you know it was coming. I am not expecting serious questions. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is actually a topic that we cover quite a bit because we have four kids, two in November and two in December. So... Like, so you so guys have a we've got, right. time. we've got grouping, well, right? Listen. So I would <laughs> well, run around listen. telling everybody like February's really yeah, cold you're, outside. You guys are big There's Valentine's on TV. On TV. Like early spring Valentine's right. type people. Yeah. yeah. My my children are evenly spaced. I have two. I have a January and a June. Excellent. It's pretty pretty even right there. That's because you get pregnant really easy. Yeah. Or you did. Not I did. So much I can't anymore. anymore. Yeah. It would be a miraculous birth. No, the play- I don't know where that baby would stay. Take it from me. The playground's still there. Oh, the the oven is gone, <laughs> but the playground is definitely still It's kind active. of a dog park now. What? <laughs> wow. What? Whoa. Wow. It's a good thing you've been this my friend a for a long time. Wow. Took Jeez. a turn. Dog park. park. So, Gordon, where were you born? Oakland, California. Oakland, California. Yeah. Did you grow up there? No. Actually, I think that's where my no. ex-husband was born, was Oakland. Oakland. So did you both city? Did you both grow up LDS then? Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. we were. Yeah. Oh 
Hell yeah. Yeah. And we, we born and raised. We were born and raised right. and we born went and raised. A, went on a mission. Bishop got married Rick. in the temple. Wow. Yeah, All the A temple. plus. We, LA, LA, of course. Wow. Yeah, wow. we did it. We did. It. Really, so we just see, graduated just making, in 2020. I'm I'm making an assumption that As you're you no longer with the church no. because you own a store that caters to witches. That is right. That's okay. right. So I just see, this is it's we'll a big. I know it's a big story. leap. You're at this crossroads of. <laughs> I really want this discussion to go two ways, but let's stick with whatever you want. This is uh, your. This let's is your stick show. with this. Okay, so uh, where do you go from Oakland? So my mom's from Stockton. My dad's from Idaho. We moved. I I feel like I had the best of both worlds. Um, I grew up in Idaho. Um, moved there, um, uh, outside of Boise. So we lived in Parma. My Caldwell. family's all from Pocatello. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, side. I had a sister in Pocatello. Hasn't and changed. At, so as you know, like <laughs> it's just free, right? Come home at dinner time. Right. And then as a young teenager, I moved to Orange County. Wow. And lived a couple miles from Huntington Beach Pier. That's a shocker. That's a pretty big it's difference from amazing. It's Idaho. So to, fun. Oh yeah, yeah. And what a know. time to be there. Like when oh, you're seven yeah. or eight, like living by Huntington Beach is not quite the same as when you're fourteen, fifteen. Oh years old. yeah. And and it was the early eighties, so like the whole the whole music scene, the fashion oh, scene. Yeah. It was it was so much fun. Fresh Prince. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's East Coast, dude. One of yeah. my sisters lives in uh, Corona right now. Mm-hmm. Corona. Uh, what would have been eighties beach music? Well, like the eighties. Because I know eighties music, obviously, but beach so, music. Well, uh, I I don't know how to answer that because it was like this. <laughs> it was like um, the early, early like punk rock and new wave were were new big, wave. and so it was like yeah. it was like B fifty twos and okay. Devo. And New uh, Order, the Sex Pistols, the New Order. Oh, oh yeah, the Sex yeah, Pistols. yeah, yeah. And, gotcha. and okay. uh, uh, Black Flag, if you were into oh, yeah, yeah. punk rock. Black uh, Flag. Dead Kennedys. Dead, which um, it's funny because they're so bad. Yeah. But they got, were very popular. But they're so bad because I was listening to the Dead Kennedys like a week ago, and my youngest, who's almost sixteen, comes in. He's like, "What is this?" Garbage. Because <laughs> the dead Kennedys, like, they sound so bad, Dad. I'm like, dead uh, Kennedys, dead milkmen. Well, that, that, yep. that was the whole point, you know? Cause yeah. look, you can take somebody, jerks. <laughs> circle jerks, somebody they were who like doesn't. All the same kind I mean, they were the right. counterculture to all they the were. like 80s butt rock. Right. Well, the 70s had like really, really outstanding musicians, yeah. right? And so along come the Ramones. And the Ramones the are great, Ramones. but you could hand somebody a guitar and teach them like, Three power chords. I mean, the Ramones are the same way. It really is it's the garbage. Same I mean, they really were not good. If you look at like, did they have good singing voices? Could they carry a note? Was their music good? No, not really. This, but they were very popular. You realize this is very controversial depending upon who's listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jeremy doesn't care. Oh, he just told care. me. He just told me that my body's a dog park. So. <laughs> I, no, I like the Ramones. I like all those bands. I grew up with them. But I'm saying they're not good. I mean, they're not no, like the, it's they're, not high quality. No. It's not top shelf. No, no. no. Who who was I talking? I was so I was talking with my boss and and Bree actually about like so there was an era of time it was like six months where we got like Nirvana's Nevermind. I mean this is much further than the eighties. It's, it's like right. early early nineties. You had Sublime release that that big album of theirs. There were like Pearl seven. Jam. Pearl Jam ten mm-hmm. came out that same time. It was like six months. And we had like seven or eight albums that are still some of the greatest albums ever created. None of those were early 80s punk no. bands. 
Tool no. came out of that time. No, it was grunge. It yeah. was it was, it was the really high. It was like of you were grunge. saying, like we talk about this all the time, like the seventies, some really good music that's still around that kids right. still like and people here. The not the that time of the nineties, we had some really great musical movement. Movement kind of had some ugly stuff going on. Yeah, but like well, because the the really popular stuff in the eighties was all the butt rock, which was very interchangeable between that and like the the heavy metal. So you had like Megadeth, Metallica, Pantera, those sort of things Twisted coming. Sister, in, uh, and then you had the butt rock, which the Twisted Sister, the Poison, the right. Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi, like those were all your like eighties rock bands that did. Then their, you had the other complete side of the spectrum with like Depeche Mode, Yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the interesting information thing about society, this, like that kind of stuff. In, in that era, I remember being a teenager. And if you listen to a kind of music, you didn't cross ranks. No. You didn't listen to the other types of music. No. And you were defined by your dress and your music. Yep, that is so, totally true. So it's funny to hear you talk about the metal because it really was the birth of like like Metallica and Anthrax. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, those all guys. those guys. But it wasn't my scene. And no. so, right. So like no, it's I, Germany, I it's Germany's It's Germany's scene it. though now. <laughs> Death metal. Yeah. <laughs> That's big over there in Europe. Um, but it's, yeah, like people stuck to one genre and they, they were like, yeah. okay, well, the Ramones aren't great, but, um, they're the best of the shitty music that we have. Right. And that's the music <laughs> we want to listen to. So yeah, I was new wave. I was like, I was new wave. oh, so you were listening Echo to Echo and the Bunny Man and Boingo, Boingo. Yeah. Eurasia. So do you like the new, Absolutely. the new, new wave stuff that's been coming out? The, like in the last 10 years, there's a bunch of like new takes on new wave that's very similar to that sort of music. I, I'm, much more eclectic than my old age, right? <laughs> and yeah. I like, I, I actually revert back to, I like the metal now that I didn't really listen to then. Uh, I like a lot of folk rock. I, I, I still like the grunge. I like a little bit of techno. I, I, I like everything. I like the opera. Yeah. I'm, I'm in similar space. Now I, that I'm old, I like it all. But yeah. yes. In high school, you had, I don't know why. Except. You had to be. Something. I still don't like, like, 1940s twingy country. I can't stand I can't that do shit. country music. I like folk. <laughs> I you had to stand. be, you had to choose in high school yeah. because mm-hmm. we didn't have Spotify or no. any sort of music. No, you music. bought an you album. You could only afford what you could well, afford. And so you kind of stick with what you like and you want, like these our, musicians. Our generation and, got screwed because we bought it on tape. Right. And then we bought it on CD. Absolutely. And then we paid for streaming services. Sure. So our generation we paid for the same damn Okay, what, right. what, we didn't pay for streaming services. We, we bought it on tape, we bought it on CD, and then we fucking used Napster to steal everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there there was no pay there was no paid streaming service but until there is like now, now right? there is so for sure. Do, I so. I did get kicked off a of Napster. Thank you, Metallica. Oh yeah, well a lot of people did, <laughs> and then we just developed other technologies right. to get around it. Right. You know, BitTorrent's fantastic. Thank you for that. <laughs> like, but that was just it. Like, yeah, I mean, in the eighties and nineties, you bought it on tape, you bought it on CD. Um, but you had to buy it. And what like, the, other than that, it's radio stations. What was the program? What was the thing you buy eight tapes for a penny? Remember that? Oh, it had the little stamps. Uh, yeah. Like Columbia Music Columbia Services. Music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those like BMG and Columbia yeah. Music Services. It where had all the stamps. Sing. Yeah. So you'd pick the 10 you wanted and lick the stamps. And, and then you'd have to remember to cancel it. They send you like the shittiest yeah. fucking albums like once a month. Yep. Those are the days. <laughs> where you get like the one CD that had like 10 one hit wonders on it. Why do I feel like I grew up differently? Because you grew up with an only child with old parents. And you, your family had money. 
Chris and I grew up poorer than shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just grew up when middle class was still middle class. It's true. Yeah, I don't know what that was when I was a kid. All right, so Mariah, we have totally like I don't even hey, know where we're going with this I'm train. Flowing, so, we, so you I guys, you guys this. meet in Utah. Do you meet in Utah because you're going to like BYU? Oh, BYU, absolutely. Oh, yeah. well, I was at I was at listen, what was it back then? UVCC, yes. right? Oh, yeah. So like back in the day, Utah Valley Community College. Seventeen years old, met him. I was going to BYU. I graduated from Taft Junior College. Wow, outside of Bakersfield, Taft. and I came to BYU. Yep. And like my following the dream. I following know, the dream. We were in the same like little Single community. My roommates uh-huh. were friends Singles with Mariah's ward. roommates. Yep, and we both had happening places. So was yeah. soaking a thing back then? Oh God, no, <laughs> God! I'd never heard of that because y'all because y'all grew oh, y'all grew up right. and lived the college no, like yeah. celibate what's, what's life. The yeah, we, should, we oh, don't get crabs <laughs> in your armpits. Yes. No way. Chris, yes. Listen, just do the deed. Wow. It's the it same. It's the same, same, they, same. Yeah, this is a whole deal. Girls are getting crabs in armpits because... Because well, a hand is not as good as an armpit. I don't he, know. I don't know. But here's the thing. But, the dude got the crab from somewhere. God. So the dude's not just fucking no, armpits. Did, did he get it from her? <laughs> Maybe. Like, where'd she get it this from? This is a new <laughs> thing. Like, soaking. You can't get oh, herpes yeah. from a toilet seat, but you can get mm. crabs from fucking an armpit. God. That's I so know, cool. glad my children are grown <laughs> mm-hmm. and aren't mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, so so you guys. So we were pre-soaking days, yeah. although, like our favorite thing, <laughs> because I lived right above the pool. Where Listen, is this going to go? There's, there is <laughs> I got to hear this story. There is now. a pool. There is a hot tub, and <laughs> in the was. winter time, we still would love to go uncover everything, like sit in the hot tub. By Do uncover like, everything, she oh, yeah. means the pool yeah. and the hot tub. Uh, still within not, the honor code. You guys, you guys were BYU <laughs> students. No, we were you were like, wearing like one pieces we with serious. full skirts. We were just with big like stripes. A plus. We were doing the deal. Your swimwear had to go from your ankle to your wrists. Mm. <laughs> you know. <sighs> anyway. Those are the days. Yeah, those so, are the days. So you guys get married. You have kids. Four kids, right? Four kids. Four kids. What's Four the kids. age range? So seven years. Four kids in seven years. Nice. Okay. So like right after college, have kids or you start in college? Yeah. Uh, uh, I was I was just barely pregnant the day he graduated BYU. I was like still right. throwing up. I graduated in the summer and then our oldest was born uh, December of that year, 95. And then that was our first. We waited a year before we had another baby. No, before he went to MBA school at the U, and then we had another baby while he was in MBA school. So, what were you going yeah. to school for? Uh, oh. So, my bachelor's is in food science and technology, which is not nutrition and dietetics. It's actually working in food industry. So, okay. So, so quality assurance, formulating, production. Like McDonald's recipes. Well, you can do R&D or you can do like so quality like assurance. Non-nutritive uh, food varnish. We would actually study those types of things to make your food look better that's what and more appealing, by the yeah. way. Yeah. The non-nutritive varnish. That's what he Well, made. that's that's, that's a real thing. To get his bills. It's, yeah. It is a real thing. Very <laughs> much so. It is. So, and then how about your master's? What was that? Uh, I did... I did an evening program up at the U for my MBA because I did not want to be stuck in a lab. Yeah. Um, and it uh, worked out great. Uh, it's it's an interesting fact that you get a degree and then you end up being like lower middle management and you've never had uh, management and organizational <laughs> behaviors and communication and 
and all that. And I will say that even with an MBA, I never did have to take an ethics class. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, that's different. That's I've had different to take now. a ton of ethics mm. classes. Yeah, yeah ethics classes are me because I did business. Yeah. No, that, that is a requirement nowadays in business. Uh, also, all the DEI classes are requirements through any college. Bree has to take mm. all the sexual harassment classes. No. Not really. Because she's a problem. So what about, what about you? A problem uh, working from home. This one's, this one's a problem when I work from home with sexual harassment. <laughs> she doesn't work for me. It's not mm. sexual harassment. Mm. Workplace harassment, I should say. It's, <laughs> might still be sexual harassment. She, she's my wife though. But what about you? So you were going to UBCC. Did you right. progress so I just, that? Or? I just did classes. I, I started also doing business and then I got a job that paid me more than I would when I graduated. So I was the director of marketing for a little business just in Utah County. And I did that until... Was it an MLM? No, it wasn't. It was an, OE, a it was an OEM. They're oh, yeah. actually oh. a pretty big manufacturer of, like, it's wild, of water conditioners. That's what I did. I did their marketing. I did all of their marketing for them. I worked for them for about two and a half years until... We had, we were expecting our second baby. And then I did my next dream, which was like, I really, from the time I was a tiny child. Was it Avon? No, I wanted to be a mom. I was like, I gotta do it. It was being a mom. It was being a mom. She wasn't projecting that enough. I wasn't. I really did it. And it was a beautiful dream. And we got all those kids. And well, at the time you were drinking the Kool-Aid and living the dream. Oh yeah. So like my dream had this pure like beginning. As a little kid, right? Like I just, I just loved all the babies, all that, all of that. I just wanted to do that. It just gets very, very put upon um, as you come up in an Orthodox religion. Mm-hmm. Like all of all of your pure dreams get added upon, and lists get made of the things you should do and you should not do in this role, in all of the roles that you mm-hmm. happen to like inhabit and embody in your life. And, um, that is when, you know, like coming awake to that is when things start to kind of fall into disorder from this imagined or perceived order that we began in. It's like the matrix. Sort of like that. You can choose to take the pill or you can choose to just be blissful forever. So how long were you a stay at home mom? Did you stay as a mom all the way through school? Oh yeah. So, um, I did go back to school for a little while, um, just here at Slick and I did, uh, writing and rhetoric program and I loved that. But yeah, I was, I was always the mom stayed Stayed at home is like a misnomer. I was rarely at home. I had four kids and a bunch of other kids who would come through our house and they were all theater kids or performing arts kids. So we were all over the place. I also had because when you are a Mormon and also when you're just a driven individual, you have lots of stuff that you're involved in. So I always had, I had an interfaith music association in Utah County and that's where like all of the different churches had, had all kinds of varying music needs. And like, of course, the Mormons kind of like hoard all the talent. And so I would find Mormon kids who would go to these tiny little congregational churches um, and play piano for them or play their organ or be their choir director 
And then we would have little interfaith children's choirs and adult choirs. And then we would have, before the, the Provo Tabernacle burned down, we had all of our concerts there. We would have our Christmas concerts at the Provo Tabernacle. And then we would have our fall, like, harvest concerts at UVU and their, like, Reagan Theater. And that was my, that, I did that for, like, four years till my ADD was like, mm, you're done. Like, that, <laughs> that was a long enough time. Let's do something different. So I was on school boards and always something, like, Always something in the community, always something. Of course, it kind of, it's developing me, but, um, you are very in service when you are, when you are an A plus, like, gotta get the gold stars. Right. That's what you do. So how do you, how do you transition from that? I, I gotta hear the story. How do you transition <laughs> from that to opening a metaphysical store? Like, when does this, when does this change occur? When does this move to? Cause that's very definitely not part of the, uh, Status quo. Yeah. No. Well, and I feel like, so one of my sisters, and I say that, for, I know you probably noticed that I'm an only child, but that's a longer story. But one of my new sisters, her and her husband recently left the LDS church and he kind of left first and then she kind of fought it. And then like, I feel like it's weird because you're, you're always a little bit, even if your path is pretty similar or pretty close, you're never exactly ready to leave. Like right at the exact, like same moment. No. How are you got like as, as a stay at home mom and being all of that, like how does this whole okay, thing? Okay. So yeah. here's how it goes. So we've got these beautiful children and they're amazing and they are, um, very awake, critical thinkers. Okay. So I have two of those. Right. So they kind of come awake before we do and they start leaving kind of one at a time. They're so, they're, they're good. And like, um, like they, we all had a very close family dynamic. And obviously there are some problematic things that are going to like come to the forefront. But so our first, he, um, he leaves, he, he comes to church with us every week till he's 18 years old and gets married two days after his 18th birthday. Wow. Oh. And, um, and then that's done for him. And then our, does he temple marry or no, 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 okay. no, no. They got married in our house. It was, it's a whole thing. We is he still yeah. married. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we share the shop with Just... my daughter in law. Yes. Yeah. Just wondering. All, it's 10 years now. And in, in, yeah, it's a lot of times as you years. guys know. Married that young. Oh, hi. Yeah, I was married that young. So, um, so then we have a couple of kids in the middle. We have queer kids, right? Well, I mean, everybody's got somewhere on the, on the rainbow, somewhere that like their, their choices and preferences are well outside of the norm, especially of the orthodoxy that we were raised in and that they were raised in. Some of that I think is a part of the times. I, I think we're living in an era where that's more acceptable socially. Especially in their age group, because think about it, like in the 80s and the 90s growing up, if you were on that spectrum and you showed that, like that was not okay. That was not acceptable. You became an outcast at home. You became an outcast in the community that you lived in, You, you especially in a community like ours here in Utah. So, but I think now it's a, it's a different world and I think people are able to express themselves more completely. Uh, and, and able to be who they are much earlier in life and feel that acceptance most of the time. 
Absolutely. I have a little analogy to that because I'm left-handed, okay? So 12% of the world's population is like left-hander, born left-handed, whether they keep it or not. My dad was born left-handed, but he was also born Catholic and went to Catholic school. And so they beat the shit out of him to, you know, not use his left hand. My my mom was the same way. She was born left-handed, but that wasn't a choice. Right. So she actually is ambidextrous. Because they forced her. So now her. she's a better right. person than the rest of us. So, yeah, because right. in school, they forced her to use the right hand. Well, and there is a certain yeah. amount of empathy in my dad and, ma- and maybe your mom in just like, oh, like I wasn't able to do that thing, right? So, um, that I, so I liken it to that. Yeah, it's not that, oh, well, society has created. It's that exactly what you're saying, Chris. There is this, like, you just get to choose your choices. Yeah, like, society be, is more open to people right. being who they were born being to be. Who you are. Not the religion. So, right. But society as a whole. Right. <laughs> so, so we have queer kids and we have, like, we have critically thinking kids and we have kids that are choosing paths that were like, would have been, were distressing at some points to us. Um, more around just like we we were not equipped we were not equipped there's mm-hmm. not a manual in in you know mormonism to be like and here's you and your queer kids because there are too many things that come over the pulpit that are like oh love 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 and we hate well the only the only thing that comes across is disown them Right. Well, and so we're not equipped, not, not in the way of like, we don't know how to love our kids. That was always, always, always our paradigm was love and acceptance, but to like, um, then how to remain in our faith. Right. So, so I can start seeing this is harming our children. They've left. And I'm sad that they're not on the bench with us for a time. I'm sad every Sunday. It's heartbreaking every Sunday because I'm a really nostalgic, homesick kind of person. And I think also it was my job to save my family, right? Mm -hmm. This is our eternal salvation. Because that's what has been been bred into your whole life. The man's job is to provide... And the woman's job is to raise the kids. Right. But right. And we we, I mean, there's a there's a certain patriarchal thing, though, because Don always my ex-husband is LDS and and I've never been LDS. And he would come home after uh, conference and we would fight the most. Right. Because after a few months, like it would kind of fade and we'd go back into our our norm. And then he'd go there where they were like. You're the man of the family and you need to guide this spiritual thing and you need to be the leader and you need, you know, go home and take, you know, take control and take charge. And he would come home and try and do that. And I'm like, Good uh, God. I am not Mormon. <laughs> no. I'm an independent Catholic woman. Get the uh, hell away. That's, that's not going to happen. But the woman's job is the kids. And if the kids go astray, it's right. the woman's So that's, fault. that's the thing. Where, what did we do? Because mm. we were, we, we did all of the things. It's a very prescriptive religion. There's, there are lists and lists. There's of a the reason why when you, you see do. the families, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. There is, so there's certain homogeneity. Also, <laughs> there is something that we refer to as the formula, mm-hmm. which means, you know, uh, in a formula, you have input, and based on that formula, you get an output. Sure. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a story in the New Testament where Jesus is walking along with his disciples, and they see a blind man sitting there, and the disciples turn to him and they say, "Who sinned, this man or his parents?" Because they really believed that if bad things happened, that you or your parents or somebody around you did something in order for for that to happen, right? So, like, that kind of thinking could be 
extrapolated to like yin and yang or or mm-hmm. the law of the harvest. Um, and as much as we talk about that and, and kind of roll our eyes at that, there's still a lot of that in our society. Absolutely. Um, we still have a lot of that, like, like you go to church and you have somebody that stands up on the pulpit and they say, I did all the right things. I, I, we were married in the temple. We had family home evening every Monday. We would attend the temple weekly. All of our kids went on missions and they all got married in the temple. And that's why our lives are perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and there really is this quid pro quo feel to it that you put in what you're told to put in and you will get, and the you more... will get the blessings out. The, you, the problem here is obvious. Right. Half of the, the people sitting in the congregation are from broken homes or have like, Emotional problems or mental well, disorders or, or, they're hiding, or substance, they're substance problems. Mm-hmm. So many things. Another they, one I see is the more righteous you are, the more successful you're going to oh, be. Oh, sure. The absolutely. more money you're going to have. Absolutely. The, the, so the converse is also that's thought right. to be You true. look at most church leaders. They have the pool. They have the cars. They have the boat. They have – you don't see the plumber as the bishop very often. Yeah, but what are you going to do without a plumber? True. Anyway, so back to come to back, we can just say, like, I really started to recognize the harm that was happening, that I started, instead of feeling sad that my kids were, weren't there, I was so happy then every Sunday, even though I was still very actively involved, leading, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, the last year, so in 2019, I was like, I, if I'm happy they aren't here because of the harm that has been done, what am I doing here? So I sort of made this cosmic deal. I've always had this sense of connection to the divine or, or my source or my higher self. Um, and I just made this deal. Like, I think this is it. This is my last year and I want to go out with a bang and I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I want to leave on my terms and not out of, not out of anger or whatever. There's plenty of that. Oh, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. There's still, pl- there's, there's plenty of anger to be had, but I just wanted to do it on my terms. And so I accepted my last, um, callings, which were, um, you know, these are assignments that you have in your congregation and I did them well. And I come to my very last Sunday on December 29th of 2019, and I was the primary chorister, which had also been, that's, so that is teaching music to all the children. And that had been my first calling when I was 15 years old in Japan. So it was kind of a full circle. That Sunday, they came to church. They knew it was my last Sunday for that calling, but they didn't know, like, I'm leaving and I'm out. They just knew that was my, I was being released after that. I agreed to do it for one year. So they came with balloons and letters and all the notes and presents for like, oh, Sister Freelick, we love you so much. And here's what we love. And here's what you did that you taught us. And here's how great primary was with you in it. And it was like the universe put a party on for me. It was my graduation party. <laughs> and that was my last Sunday. That's so awesome. So you're almost at your four-year anniversary. So now. I'm almost at my four-year anniversary. And I have never, never looked back in any kind of a nostalgic way to, I wish I were sitting there. What have I done? Or did I make a mistake? I knew from, I knew from the time I chose, I chose. And it, you know, a lot of times the church will be like, don't go reading this stuff. Don't yeah. go find, I didn't need to. I was oppressed enough and recognized my own oppression. I saw the harm that had been done to our family over and over again. Our stalwart, like servicing family. 
all the A-plus things, all the formula we lived, and we could not escape the harm. And so it was just time. And I left, um, and then Gordon was a little bit behind me. Yeah, I had to quit my calling, too. <laughs> I was the membership clerk in the, in the Well, at least that makes it easy. Right. No. no. <laughs> All done. We but, are done. I Be mean, quick. it's it, it is, I, I think it's rare to see a family go through what you guys certainly went through with your kids, where the parents don't leave. Like, it, it puts you at odds with... How do I love my kids and, and show them and portray to them that I love them no matter what and follow this thing that. And subscribe to that, something that, that tells me that, that they're, they're awful. They're not the same great people that I know that they are. The dissonance became too great for yeah. sure. Yeah. And because he, because even if you believe, you know, deep down all those teachings of the Mormon church that still put you at odds with your kids. And it's really hard to deny how great a people your kids are. And I will commend you. I think the, one of the greatest things uh, that you can look at from a parenting perspective to say that this person did a great job at being a parent is to raise critical thinking, independent children. Mm. I, I think that's something that is overlooked a lot. I think that's more important than success any day of the week. My, oh, my you. favorite thing about having kids that do that is learning from them. Absolutely. Because as someone who is similarly aged, I, I've not grown up Mormon, but you know, you grow up and you, you forget to look for other things. And so you grow up and you just, this is just the way that it is. And one day, this is one of my favorite stories. I've told it a million times, but I'm like, ah, I wonder why that guy's wearing a tutu. That's so weird. And my mom and my oldest daughter was like, why not? And so I, I do that every time. If I find myself being critical of something, I'm like, okay, let's apply the tutu rule. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. And that's just something that she's just like, it was just, she, I hadn't ever taught her that that was a weird thing. It was just something that I grew up with. So she didn't have it taught to her. So she was like, well, what does it matter? It doesn't. It doesn't matter who's wearing a tutu or who's not wearing a tutu. It doesn't. Um, and so learning from your kids. So important. My is probably my favorite thing is that they teach me stuff all the time that I just kind of grew up because I grew up Catholic in Utah. And so we were very, which like, is similar to Mormon in Utah. I mean, it is, but it isn't, but it mm -hmm. is. Like, it, it doesn't have the big community, yeah. but it has... It's the, very strict. It's very, it yeah, it's because we're, we're, we're strict, alone. It's tight-knit, and, mm -hmm. you know, you are ostracized by the greater community as and a Catholic. So, and yeah. Raised with shame and fear. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know... <laughs> Guilt. Guilt. Yeah, yeah. And, and they went to Catholic school, but... It, so I give them credit for going through all of that and being like... Because, like, my oldest daughter is... I guess she's pretty much atheist. My younger daughter is probably agnostic, more mm -hmm. agnostic, um, which is probably where I've kind of moved to. Uh, but yeah, like them teaching that actually helped me grow. So how do you, how do you move yes. then from, you leave the church at the end of 2019. How do you then move into so let's get like, to good stuff. okay, this is a little, well, and what did your kids think of that? Like when that happened? 
when we left. Yeah, were they oh, just like so yeah, excited? No, they were, no were they like it was good. It, it was good, but yeah. I'll tell you, this was they were a time like, it's of about time. Yeah, it's about damn time. So, um, <laughs> in a minute, yeah, let me tell <laughs> you. Um, so it, this was a whole. It was a year, right? It was 2020, and and, and what a year it and was, and as and yeah. what a year it was, and so we hit March. Um, and everything closed for two weeks. And, and everything closed for two weeks. Goodness. Well, anyway, it did feel like things were closed for a lot longer than that in my life. Um, and I had been kind of on this death spiral of my, um, my old self, that's that self who had, who had grown in so much order. Now, well, you've got to decompress that. Yes. I mean, it, it's been a lifestyle for, right. Well, and it's when you do something like leave the church, the entire support organization that's it's, built up around you your whole gone. life. Well, I don't think it goes away right away. The problem is, is they keep trying to drag you back in. Well, kind of, but. <laughs> well, so it was 2020 and no one came looking for us, oh, which yeah. was okay. I was actually <laughs> super, super happy about You're that. You're like, oh, thanks. So Go happy. Ahead. I don't think anybody be- even reached to out to me that. for like a year and a half. Be- yeah. Um. So, so I had already been on this like identity kind of spiral for mm-hmm. a while, probably three or four years before that. Um, and so we get to, we get to pandemic and we get to like, we're all locked in our house and we still have two kids at home and, um, like things are just very difficult and I am not coping well. And, um, I just, I was tantruming about a lot of things and really, <laughs> Like, I just burned my whole goddamn life down. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just take that. Um, and it was a hard time. We separated for a year and a half. So from May of 2020 until we came back together in February of 2022, 22, right? That was last year. So, um, I moved out and I moved down the street and that is where I started my first shop. That's a big life change. It was a big, big. So we lived up in, we lived in the avenues and we had a beautiful little home. This is where we finished raising our kids and I couldn't stay. I couldn't, um, I had never learned to belong to myself. And so it was very difficult in that religion. Well, and also listen, I'm Sicilian. And so you don't. And it's not. You belong to your family. I want to be very clear. Right. Because Jeremy, you grew up LDS. It's not the Mormon religion. It is any religion. That is something that is, it doesn't, and it does not just Christian based religions either. It is any religion. And it's particular. I feel like it's very very harsh on women because there's a specific role that you play and they expect you to be the mother that's there all the time and not develop well, your own. And especially self. when, and when you are when you get married that young yeah, and then you have kids that young, like we told our kids, we're like, go out and do stuff like you, because this is this, you're still developing. And when you're 18 and you're married and then you're having kids and you're trying to raise kids, like you're there's a, a developmental delay. That That's exactly right. So we do therapy that whole time and, you know, and therapists are like, hello, you have some developmental delays, some things <laughs> that got skipped, some things that you weren't able to, because like, especially if you come in as many 
many, you know, many people enter their, their new families with like trauma they brought from their old families sure. or trauma they brought from their just being a teenager, whatever it is, never resolved because we also didn't have a paradigm for that. And certainly not, oh. uh, certainly not in. Mormonism. No. Well, and, in the in the 90s, in general, and in the 90s, people didn't talk about their feelings. It, no. There was no, no. Yeah. It, yeah. So, so there's, there are so many layers to it because there's like <laughs> your family culture, there's religious culture, there's just the wider societal enculturation. All of that weighs down. And I was just like, you were really tired. Coming undone under well, all of that. So, and you were probably talking to a professional therapist, not a church sponsored. Oh yeah, pseudo therapist that doesn't have real yeah. therapy. Like, yeah, right. Because I mean, that in the you know in a so in most in most religions the parishioners are paid, they're trained. Not the parishioners. And, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the, the the clergy are trained, they're paid, and part of their training is in counseling. That right. is not the case in the Mormon Church, no. and a lot of people don't. A lot of people outside of Utah don't recognize that because in every other religion, like that's something that happens. If you like, dare go seek counsel, because it's and so, it's so looked down upon if you're if you're having doubts, if you're having struggles, because well, why why don't you believe enough? Why aren't you praying hard enough? Why aren't you instead you know, of hey you you might have skipped some stuff in your life right. that you need to deal with in order or to just, be a whole person? Hey, everybody has times when they struggle and times when they don't. Yeah. This is the time you're struggling. For sure. My therapist actually asked me, he's like, why are you so scared to be human? Mm. Which was kind of, mm. kind of the story of my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like humans are, have frailties and they have flaws and they make mistakes and they have happy times and they have sad times. And we're so often taught that you, you shouldn't feel those things. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Especially so you, if you have this life where, you know, on the outside, you've got the husband and the house and the kids and, you know, like, well, mm -hmm. why are you sad? You don't have a right to be sad. For sure. And then you have a guilt because you feel bad. Yeah. Still something to overcome. Still something to, like, work with all the I feel time. Like guilt of, is right? one of the worst For ones, sure. man. So you so, start. So I realized like, oh, I've been the mom all those years. We did all of this stuff and I didn't ever, ever work a job that I got paid for after I did this one where I was the director of marketing for that business. So I did, I did freelance writing that I got paid for and I did like so, just like little side hustly kind of things. Um, and, and some of that was really great. Um, but I didn't consistently earn, right. earn a living or like whatever, do all of that. Um, I did my role. And so I realized, okay, I've got to do something. This is now this is like, here, this is your business class. Okay. We're going to exit religious talk and yep. we're going to, we're going to talk about business. If you need something that is going to sustain your life and you need to like feel like you can uh, pay bills on your own or you could do any of the things, please do not start a business that is product based <laughs> and think. This is magically going to be self-sustaining because, listen, I, so Gordon and I have philosophy around money and we like to talk numbers with people because I feel like we feel like, can I speak for you on that? Like when you talk numbers, it's, it makes it like everything less mysterious, less scary. And like, what is what around here? So I'll tell you straight up. Okay. 
Bell Book and Candle started in September of 2020. I lived in this little apartment called in in a building called the Elise. It's beautiful historic building mm-hmm. on um First South. And it was like a New York City kind of garden level apartment. So in New York City, a lot of apartments have a shop up front mm-hmm. and the apartments in back. That's exactly how it was. It was so beautiful. It was a beautiful place for my own healing, for my own discovery, for, for, um, like learning that belonging to myself. And that's where I started my business. So the shop was up front. Um, and it was this beautiful dream. And I will tell, tell you, so now we are in a place downtown called church and state. It's beautiful. It's another beautiful building. I, I, I will welcome you all in. We will, I have conversations just like this every day in the shop. In fact, tonight, Gordon's like, what do you think they're going to ask? I'm like, nothing that we don't talk about all day long <laughs> in the shop. It's such a beautiful place because I graduated church. But look, my business is inside in an old church. An that, old church right. Yeah. An old church. So um, so that was my first shop. And 2020, September of 2020, I kind of just show up on Instagram. It's been three years since then. Um, It's been three years. Now I have, I don't know what, 3,300 followers. Okay. But also in October of this year, I hit my hundred thousand dollars for the year, which is really, really, really amazing to me. I did not ever dream that part for myself. All of the products, all of the things, these are all like part of the dream, but I was never like, and I'm going to hit six figures in this year, which I also can't do on my own. This is very much a family business. Mm -hmm. Like, Gordon's brains and bronze on so many levels, you know, because that's right. <laughs> because, um, so Jeremy, uh, Julia, uh, Julia and I started like right around the yep. same. She's a little bit ahead of me. She helped me so much. I need to give props to Julia. I love her well, so I, much. So I, I own my own business. I, mm-hmm. I own multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. So she had me to lean on. Right. I helped her get her lease. Bree helped her get her insurance. Chris did her IT. So. Well, and so to be also very transparent, I had Gordon to lean on and we had a separation agreement and I had funds from that and that was my seed money. And mm-hmm. that's hard mm-hmm. to be like, no, I was not, I was not fucking bootstrapping this ever, ever. So it's so much support that you need this like idea of the lone ranger, like going out and like, I'm going to just no. make it. And especially if you are a product based <laughs> business. No. So I hit a hundred thousand dollars this year, uh, like, you know, in October from January to October, a hundred thousand dollars. But guess what I have in my bank? You know, guess what I brought oh. home? $17,000. That's yeah, what I brought yeah. home yeah. this year. So everything else went to, we share the shop with my daughter-in-law. She's Marissa with psychic. Delic Rocks. She puts on the Rocky Mountain Gem Show quarterly mm-hmm. in our space. She does amazing work. Part of the funds from the shop go to her because it's her inventory. I pay people who work in the shop who build things for us. I pay for inventory. I pay the rent. I pay, you know, there's so many things. Do not start a product-based business <laughs> for anything but side money until you're really, like, until it's really growing. It takes a while to build now, any, yeah. any business. It takes a while well, to grow. I mean, Because that's part of why Julia's not here is her of course. day job is is spending a lot of time with her day job at the moment. Right. But she hires people to run the shop and then she's at the shop weekends and evenings and so she's never around. But it's not as glamorous. It no, isn't. It's and I, I will and it's a lot of work. And people don't so realize like you 
like all of yourself goes into stuff like that, especially when you're first starting, like you have no time for anything else. Like that is, that is your life. It's true. I do. I stand by like, it is dreams coming true all the time. It, is. it absolutely right? is. But I have a, I, I really did sit in a privileged place of being able to start this because I had seed money because I, because the world was shut down and there was mm-hmm. time to like really just consider what is it that I would want to do. And so I chose, like, I realized I want something that is going to be ritual based. I was, I was raised in all of this like pseudo religious ritual. Mormons don't do, it seems like they don't do a ton of rituals, but God damn, the list is the long whole fucking per- te- the whole fucking per- temple thing is. is a giant ritual. It is. Of like, course, it is. But it's, it's actually the thing that I miss about going to mass right? is the ritual. You know, the expected. You know, you walk in the the smells, the you know the process of the mass and the way that it you know goes through. And I used to be a huge part of that. I used to be a liturgical minister. I used to be a Eucharistic minister. Mm. I did all of the things. My kids were altar servers. They went to Catholic school. As humans, there's some part of that 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 humans crave. Right. It's, it can be very beautiful. Like uh, I think a mass is very, very beautiful. You know, uh, the, the, the actual content aside, watching, you know, the way that people move it and, and it's all choreographed is, is incredibly beautiful. And if you get caught up in that, it can be very, very peaceful. So, Absolutely. so yeah, how did you decide that I'm going to do a metaphysical shop? Like you're like, I want to do something for myself on my own. That's I'm going to sell rocks. So honestly, <laughs> it was not, it did not begin as either of those things, rocks or metaphysical. Um, I knew it, I wanted it to be ritual based, which to me still didn't say metaphysical. So, um, so my mom had a favorite movie called Bell Book and Candle, and that was a Jimmy Stewart, Kim Novak. They were also, you know, they, they were in Vertigo together. Kim Novak was in Psycho, gets killed in the shower. This movie, she doesn't die. It's awesome. It's Little Mermaid esque. She's a witch and has to decide like what is the greatest power she has to give up her powers in order to like i don't know if i can give spoilers i'll give a spoiler what it's no movie you have to actually buy the fucking movie in order to watch it it doesn't stream so she has to give up her powers in order to find out that true love is the greatest power of all right but it is named bell book and candle because in the olden times when the Catholic Church wanted to excommunicate you, they would toll the bell in your name and then silence it. It was a ritual. Next. They will find your name in the book and scratch it out. Next. In a time when people died at unusual rates by fire, <laughs> they lined up 12 goddamn priests, had them all hold candles and dash them on the ground. This was the ritual to excommunicate you. So... I wanted a reclamation of that for myself. I felt like leaving the religion of my like birth and the one that I raised my family in was sort of like do like like yeah. that had happened. The bell had silenced. The book was clo- I I did this for myself. I closed the that book. I I darkened that part. And so for people who come in the shop, I just tell them what we want is for you to ring that bell. We want you to open the book and light the candle in your own behalf, in your, in behalf of your own spiritual journey, your own curiosity, your own open mind and open heart. That's what, that is the purpose of our shop. And we do it through, we do it through ritual tools. We do it through 
um, bringing, bringing, mm, let's, let's put this together. We have little magical gifts. We really want to encourage rituals of self-care, of remembrance and celebration. And those are just in your daily round. So that's how we, that's how we got there. I think a lot of people struggle with self-care, like taking time for themselves because you're made to feel selfish if you do that, but everybody needs it. Mm -hmm. So what kinds of things do you do at the store? Because so, I know you do. You do more than just sell stuff. You actually have classes. You have different things, right? Yes. So, so this last year and and coming into the new year, the biggest things that we do are we are building community around artists, makers, curators, creators. Okay. So we have two markets a month, almost um, every month. Uh, where we bring in people from the community who are doing, who are, yeah, doing their art and, and wanting to share it with the community. And then we bring the community into our house for free. So we do the Moonlight Market every third Thursday. This month it is next week on, on Solstice. Oh, wow. Ooh. So, um, that's one thing. We do the Rocky Mountain Gem Show quarterly and then we have an oddity show that we do also three times a year and we do a pride based show twice a year. And, um, other than that, yes, we do workshops and next year we, we have a little, can I give a little spoiler yes, again? Yeah. No, so ahead. we have charm school, um, that is in the works and it's just, it's a, it's a monthly class that is going to follow, follows the wheel of the year. And for those of you who don't know what that is, the wheel of the year just follows like the natural patterns of solstices, equinox, all the points in between what the moon is doing. It matters more what the moon and sun and all the stars are doing today than they, than, than they were on the day you were born. Right. Almost like it's an integrative practice. So, so, um, so that's something that we do. And we also do make and take so people can come in and they want to make a ritual oil and we have all the things available for them and we teach them how to do that and about fragrance layering, but then also about what are, what is a ritual and what do I do with a ritual mm-hmm. oil? So, but all of that is just very open, open practice and, um, really left to their curiosity and preferences. We don't like to prescribe much of anything because we had enough of that. <laughs> I understand that one. <clears throat> so do you guys attend many of the markets? Do you go to those sorts of things or not so much? Like the farmer's markets and like the Wheeler Farms market? So and- we did. But because we have our shop in church and state, now the goal has kind of become where we pull people into Bring us. People to you. So I still do a quarterly, like I go out and do a vintage show um, three times a year. It's a bit, it's a three day show. We do the national touring oddities and curiosities show. We that have one three is of so them. So cool. We're we just talked yeah. to somebody that did that too. Yeah. We just had, yeah. Brandy made the tro- that thing that she gave with the puffer fish. Yeah. She got the puffer fish from the oddities yeah, but- show. Yep. Somebody on the show. Yeah, we had somebody on the show just recently who had just. She had a shirt on, even that said. Oh, it was the girl two weeks ago, the with the dreadlocks. The <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, um. <laughs> the one that was pregnant. Our guest, uh, like three weeks right. ago, she was at it. She was telling us about that oddity show. Yeah, it's a cool great it show. It's uh, a great yeah. show. Zelie Shaw, Asana yeah. Natural Arts, was yep. that? Yeah, lady? yeah right. The butterfly art lady. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She does all the butterfly stuff. So she, she sources butterflies. She gets her butterflies from. All kinds of places. Local zoo, and she gets them from Africa. Thanksgiving point. Oh, yeah, Thanksgiving point. Anyway, anyway. 
So we get a lot of questions about the the nature of our classes and the nature of the community that we're trying to build. And we are not building like we are not a coven. We would really <laughs> point you to Crohn's Hollow for that right. or some of our other mm. um, witchy metaphysical shops. Because well, Crohn's right. Hollow is a coven. Right. They Right. So like we point you to lots of other places. If you really want to learn prescribed things, that is there that's available in so many other places. We really are about open practices about appreciating cultures and never appropriating them. And um, if you think it's a fine line, we were just talking about this tonight. Like when you appreciate a culture, then you acknowledge it and you credit it and you don't try to insert yourself into their closed practices. So, so that is, that's kind of like a guiding, um, value of what we do in the shop. And I, I appreciate also Julia kind of led, led the way in that too. Just like these are ethical things that we're doing. Yeah, here. That's, that's always not, kind right. of been her thing. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we are kindred spirits there. So what events do you have coming up? So like I said, we, so we just did the Rocky Mountain Gem Show this weekend. So we have Solstice, um, on the 21st and we have Backyard Revival is going to be playing for us. They're a big folk band. So we will have all of the Yule Solstice, Christmas, all the holiday folk tunes played. We have 25 vendors. Um, it's going to be a great show. And then we, we start the year again in, um, in January, we will have the Moonlight Market, but in February, we will have Love Me to Death. And that's our little curiosities. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's our curiosity show. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm not trying to anyway, you no, know, that's like you will, that's always, for. you will always know what we're doing. Yeah. So Bell Book and Candle SLC. Is it an ampersand or is it an and? It's and. Okay. Written out. Bell Book and Candle SLC is a big damn long name. Hmm. Um, you will always know what we're doing. And then also there we have little daily rituals and we have, um, you know, we're promoting other people's events and, and just really trying to build that sense of fun, curious, artistic community, but who also has a consciousness toward, um, reclaiming, uh, their own journey. Beautiful. So how can people get a hold of you? You've got the, the Instagram is page that, is the very is the best, best way. Okay. Yes, that's the very best way. I do have a website, um, and it's under construction. We'll just say that. Okay. So go to the Instas if you guys want go to, to get the a hold Instas. Of, or, mm-hmm. or go to the shop, right? Or, or come to Preferably the shop. Preferably go to the shop. Yes. Uh, and yes. if you've not been down to the church and state building, that it's really so cool. cool. And actually, Kitty Corner from you guys now is that building that they just finished that's got like the, it's the like local. the mixed use. Mm-hmm. And it's got this great like little like cafe in the bottom that has three or four, maybe five little restaurants. Like almost, almost like a, a food bar. court. And a little bar. And like it does a little... follow Utah laws. You do need to buy food. And then you can sit at the bar and eat it. They're great. The local is across the street inside Church and State. We have retro barbers. We have tattoo artists. We have Letter Queen. Um, we have another little family shop that just opened down from us. And they are our family is enter the soul forest. And, and if you need to rent space, right, Church and State's right. great. Church and State's great. Those they do events awesome. all all year round. So you don't own the space, right? I, uh, no, no. Mm. So we you, just lease our space, and mm. then, yep, we 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 do the events. You could also go to cool Charlie space. Chow's Dragon Grill, which Oasis is Oasis Games awesome. is next door. Yeah. Oh, yep, that I'm Chris is always at Oasis. <laughs> Salt and Olive is around the yeah. corner. Also, goodness. Normandy's yeah. Bakery's like not yes. even a half a block <laughs> up from yeah. them. Um, Gormandy's is that place is so good. It's always so busy. 
It's always busy. Also, um, if you like talking to homeless people, the Sev <laughs> across the street from Church and State always has a bunch of homeless people hanging out. Or you could just wander up to my office where I am not at and say hi to That's, a bunch of boring insurance people. Those people are nice at the Sev. I go, I go there a lot because I'm at the stupid card shop a lot down there. Oasis is great. Oasis is there. Those when I used awesome. to go into work, I don't know. I never felt worried about that area. No. I was wondering. No, it, this, it, it's, it's a friendly area. Yeah, 100%. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to yes. read our, uh, our affirmation. Yeah. Uh, our weekly affirmation. I do want to say it is the new moon today and tomorrow we're still in those energies. It's Sagittarius. So pull in. No, no, it doesn't matter because like (laughs) today is Sagittarius. Tomorrow is Sagittarius. Bring in your curiosity and your adventure. I love astrology, astrological stuff. Mm. I'm not a heavy believer in it, but I think it's gotta be. It's a fun little tool. Uh, okay, so uh, this affirmation, affirmation or whatever it is, it's uh, stop stressing over shitty as fuck people. Excellent. The vast majority of the of our time spent in strife and stress is simply because we're stressing over shitty people. If you catch yourself thinking about a shitty person, take a moment to think about an awesome as fuck human. If you're going to spend time crawling, uh, crawling up other people's asses, it might as well be someone's uh, someone awesome. Amen. All right. I really, I, I really love these spirituals. Profound. Like these things have grown. Like I was when we first got these. So Julia started us with uh, an oracle deck. Yes. But, um, but there's not a whole lot of cards in them. So I got these for Christmas. Was it last year? No, this is no, two, it years, two ago. years ago. Two years ago. So when we run out of the oracles and we started doing these. And at first, when we started reading these, I'm like, oh my god, these have so much text on them. Like. I love these things. These are some of my favorite. He took it over from Julia. Yeah, because I like them so much. And she's also not clearly <laughs> like, she's not, she's turned into a different person today. So, excellent. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank uh, you. Thank you for it. having us. Um, it was a great conversation. Um, you know, we all always love to talk to you more. Um, if you want to find us on social media, it's at TNU podcast pretty much everywhere. Uh, the new Utah.com is the website. Hot dog dash um, water. I did. I just renewed hot dog dash water. So that is also uh, a way to get to us. And then please uh, go check out our Patreon. Um, join uh, if you're so inclined. It's patreon.com slash TNUP. Um, and once uh, again, thank you to our first Tasha, Tasha, our first supporter. Woo-hoo! Whoever you are, Tasha, we love you. I'm, I'm, maybe Julia knows who she is. Maybe oh, she's she just should. a random. I, I don't know. It'd be even better if it's just a random it person we didn't know. Totally so, uh, thank you all. Have a, have a great, uh, coming week here. Um, and, uh, enjoy, enjoy the, the holidays. Enjoy don't, the holidays. Enjoy the solstice, um, that the Christians took over. So don't forget your olives. Bye.